0: Welcome to Fintech in the Cloud with AWS, your direct line to the founders, investors, and startups who are shaping the ever-evolving world of fintech. I'm your host, Sakai Indamanga. Joining us today is Alan Meir, Head of Identity at Plaid and also former CEO of Cognito. Cognito was recently acquired by Plaid in January of 2022. On this episode, Alan talks about some of the innovative trends in digital identity, and how they will influence fintech today and in the future. And of course, we talk a bit about cloud and its role in their product development. Enjoy. Alan, welcome.
1: Hey, how's it going?
0: Really good. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining. We're so happy to have you on.
1: Of course. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: So we like to start off with understanding your background on this podcast. So are you able to provide us with your journey to fintech and maybe tell us a bit about just how you got here and your current role today?
1: I actually got into fintech through a bit of a backdoor, which is cryptocurrency. So I was browsing Hacker News, I think this was in 2012 or 2013, and I came across this white paper for this thing called Bitcoin. I was like, oh, this is really cool. It's like the coolest thing I've seen in a long time. And so I started playing around with that. And around that time, I was going to Stanford and I started in conjunction with one of the professors there, something called the Stanford Bitcoin Group which was one of the first sort of higher education research groups into cryptocurrencies and as part of that we thought oh maybe we could find some new applications for cryptocurrencies and the one that we landed on was a bitcoin remittance system so you know maybe you move out of a country you want to send money back to your parents or your family uh, and you want to remit that money across borders uh, so we thought maybe bitcoin would be a great way to reduce the cost of that which the fees sometimes would be upwards of 20 30% and that was our launching off point to getting into identity and crypto and KYC and all of those wonderful things in the fintech industry.
0: It's really interesting. Did you ever do more with the remittance system, the, the, the remittance <laughs> system? Because remittance is a very tough segment. It is. I, I have some scars from a previous life. So, just out of curiosity, where did you guys stop or start?
1: I think we got as far as essentially being like, oh, geez, there's actually a lot of regulatory requirements here. (laughs) We didn't know that at the time. We didn't know anything about money transmission licenses or anything like that, or the costs that would potentially be associated with it. So I think we got as far as building the KYC and identity tech and then working with lawyers and then being like, oh, actually we'd need to raise a lot of money to do this. So yeah, that project never really went anywhere, but we had come up with the identity tech. So we went to Reddit at the time it was r slash Bitcoin and we put up this post and we were like, hey, we're trying to help Bitcoin companies comply with KYC regulations. And at the time, this is when crypto was really nascent. So we had all these different now well known CEOs of crypto companies signing up for our waitlist. And we released that identity product and that eventually became our company, Cognito. And as a little bit of background, we were running Cognito since 2013. And we built identity verification tech. And then we were acquired by Plaid at the beginning of this year.
0: Very cool. That's an interesting story. What year was that when you put that post in Reddit?
1: I think that we posted that in 2014, early 2014 or late 2013, something like that.
0: That's a cool story. If it's all right with you, you've kind of already highlighted the fact that you are Cognito and you were acquired by Plaid earlier this year. I'm a little curious because uh, the intention of this podcast is obviously for some listeners who are founders and in the fintech space to understand how people are building their systems. So pre-acquisition, walk me through how you continued building off Cognito, even after having that Bitcoin question that you had on Reddit
1: I think it was just generally answering this question of how can you make sure that the person at the other end of a transaction is who they claim to be? And that also answers a lot of questions of anti-fraud and making sure that people are not somehow trying to bypass your systems. Because as part of ID verification, there's two large components. There's verification, which is taking data and making sure that it is legitimate data. And then there's authentication, which is actually making sure that the person who provided that data is who they claim to be. So those are the two core problems you have to solve. And when we were going through this process, we started the company very bootstrapped. And then uh, at the time we had raised $2 million, which nowadays is a tiny, tiny round. And we never raised any rounds subsequent to that. So for us, we were always a pretty fiscally conservative company. So we had to take a very iterative approach to launching products where we have to start with something relatively conservative and see if that nugget of an idea was appreciated by the market and we could find customers and then slowly iterated on that and made that a much more ambitious product over time, which sort of jived well with our conservative mindset.
0: So now fast forward, obviously, from 2014 to now in 2022, digital asset has been a hot topic recently and with the rise of fraud and the intersection of digital assets with new payment form Mm -hmm. factors you know, Plaid recently launched a few new products and they announced a couple of things on May 19th. And my understanding is identity was one of the big announcements that they had. Yeah. Can you walk me through the new product construct specific to identity and for users or people who are familiar with Plaid, how does that change the current UX if it does at all?
1: So we actually launched two new products on the identity side, One is called very literally identity verification, plaid identity (laughs) verification, and one is called plaid monitor. And so the plaid identity verification, the idea behind that is when we looked at the KYC market, we saw that one of the biggest pain points our customers had was that in order to solve for all of the complex means of onboarding customers these days, solving different kinds of fraud or verifying customers from different geographies, all of those different systems, you need to juggle between 10 to 12 different vendors in order to have a really world-class ID verification system. So the idea behind this was to put it all into one full stack IDV in a box a verification system that you can drop in. And whether you are a tiny company or a big company with all of the resources, you can have a world-class verification system, and you can have it with 20 lines of code rather than needing to hire a full identity team who manages that full process for you. So that's the identity verification product. And then on the monitor side, the idea behind that is companies who are dealing with money have to comply with sanction and anti-money laundering regulations. So we make it really, really easy for you to do those initial scans and then also make sure that customers who you're working with don't eventually end up on these government watch lists. So we send you web hooks whenever the status of a potential customer changes, which has been uh, really helpful. But To answer your slightly earlier question, uh, it it doesn't actually change anything by default for Plaid customers. But what it does do is, you know, Plaid has this platform called Plaid Link, which is like a, a unified software platform for, you know, releasing products and having them be displayed in this sort of like modal environment. And as of a few days ago or last week, you can just When you're initializing that modal call, you're able to just do comma identity verification. And then when your customers launch that plaid link modal, uh, it'll now allow them to do ID verification. So it's super magical for developers to get involved.
0: So just to summarize that, it was two products, one IDV in a box, primarily really targeted towards verification. The other is really around authentication, which is really the whole monitoring side for AML and all fact lists to make sure that you guys are in coherence with that with your customers. So is that a very high level, simplistic way to say those are the two key things Mm -hmm. that came out last week?
1: Yeah, for sure. You know, more broadly, I think that that's just sort of the identity component. I think the part that really, really excites me is this idea that, you know, because Plaid handles other parts of that user onboarding experience as well, it's not just about ID verification. It's not just about account linking, getting your bank account linked to your fintech system you're using. It's not just about account funding, but now Plaid has all of those components. You can verify someone's identity, you're able to link their bank accounts, and then you can also fund their accounts all with one platform, which is a really amazing place to be because we found that there's a lot of incompatibilities between solutions. And then also potentially a lot of fraud that exists in the fringes between solutions and signal that we can provide our clients so that we can help potentially catch fraud that no other system can because nobody else handles that full, full stack onboarding.
0: That makes a lot of sense. You referenced geographies earlier and and the different variations with them. I know identity can be captured differently in various markets globally. And there've also been various innovative ways that different markets are doing it, depending on where you're looking at in the continents or different geographic placements. They're all kind of tackling fraud in in an interesting way. I'm curious to know if your solution with Plaid or Plaid in generally is trying to expand into other markets to help address fraud as it continues to grow and, and rise globally.
1: Oh, for sure. I think that's one of the biggest problems and difficulties that people have with KYC systems is it's very difficult to verify geographies where you don't necessarily know all of the local requirements of, of different countries. There are a lot of regional expectations, everything da- from you know just the data sources that you use to verify data all the way through to how you collect that information from end users. Are you prompting them for their last name first and their first name last, like in Japan? Are you collecting dates in the correct order in the US versus Europe? All these different tiny, tiny little things that sort of compound. And you know, we really help you handle all of those different components. We verify 16,000 document types, which is a huge number. I think a lot of our competitors do like 3,000, maybe 4,000 document types. And it does work in 200 plus countries and territories, but right now we're only offering it to companies in the US and we're looking to expand it to Europe and Canada. Later this year,
0: It's really cool because historically KYC has not been the hottest topic in terms of financial services. There's obviously so many verticals within financial services. And, and when you think about KYC, it, it was never a popular, the popular kid. And so it's interesting that we're tra- It's transitioning with digital identity and the necessity that's occurring now with, with the different form faxes that are out there that it's actually becoming really exciting. You mentioned or you alluded earlier about areas that got you excited, but in addition to what you mentioned earlier, is there anything else that gets you really excited? Excited about the space and for people to realize that there's actually some really cool things going on within identity outside of onboarding and, and KYC. I
1: think that yeah, identity has been a really interesting space just because it's been so underrecognized, as you say, and underappreciated. So that means that relative to a lot of other aspects in the tech onboarding process, it's still underdeveloped, which just means that there is a lot of opportunity to make it way better relative to other aspects of fintech onboarding. And it also sits at the intersection of a lot of disciplines. So you have to be really good at marketing slash conversion optimization. You need to have a lot of hard technology for things like biometrics and be very good at user experience. And the list kind of goes on from there. So this just generally makes it a stimulating problem to work on. And then I think something else that's kind of exciting about it is that there are no clear, hard, and fast solutions to a lot of the problems that you need to solve in identity. So no one is giving you the playbook of you have to do X, Y, Z in order to solve the problem. So people are coming up with creative ways of authenticating users, whether it's like flashing lights on their face in order to measure depth and composition of their of their skin to make sure that it looks like a real person instead of a, a synthetic mask or a piece of paper whether it's using other kinds of biometrics or behavioral data, looking at, you know has this person been copying and pasting data into these form fields instead of typing it in? Did they have a regular cadence of typing that if you have a strong recollection of your social security number, you should have a high degree of confidence when you're typing it in? So there's all these different things that these different creative ways of solving what is essentially the same problem that people are coming up with, which makes it a really cool space in general. And then I think the other thing that excites me personally is that crypto and Web3 tech is really bringing KYC and identity to the front and center in a way that it has not been in the past. And it's really highlighting a lot of the bottlenecks that exist in the identity space. So I think that we have a huge opportunity to potentially play a significant role in that transition from Web2 to Web3 tech.
0: There's an interesting use case around behavioral biometrics that we also have within AWS with a customer in West Africa that was trying to figure out onboarding for different citizens who are trying to get loans. And I feel like we're just really scratching the surface. So I'm in agreement with you on that.
1: Have you ever heard of WorldCoin by any chance?
0: No, I've not. Please share.
1: There's this company that's coming out that essentially wants to be able to distribute universal basic income of cryptocurrency. So The way that they want to do that is they need to be able to make sure that they are giving the same amount of cryptocurrency to everybody in the world. So they've essentially made this device that scans your iris uh, and creates a unique signature of who you are. And if you scan your iris in exchange, you get this cryptocurrency. And they're rolling it out right now. It has some pretty big name backers to it. I mean, it's cool, but it's a little dystopian. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. That's exactly what I was thinking, This too. Yeah. I was like, okay, it's cool. world coinage. Is that what you referred to?
1: That's right. Yeah. yeah.
0: Ah, Interesting. I will look that up. Part of this podcast is, you know, it's called FinTech in the Cloud. And so obviously the relation to cloud in terms of FinTech innovation is critical for this podcast and for us just to understand kind of what relations and how do they correlate with some of the interesting initiatives that our customers have. And so I'm curious to know from your side, what role did AWS play in your development at Cognito first? And then if possible, you can probably share some of the things that also been applicable at Plaid as well.
1: I don't want to sound like too much of an ad, but I do genuinely believe this. (laughs) (laughs) AWS is a big reason we were actually able to build this company in the first place. So, you know, my background was when I was a kid, I would run these Linode servers, edit code live via FTP, and you'd spin up these boxes and it was really rigid infrastructure. And you'd have to do all this upkeep to make sure that they were staying up to date and that they were secure. So when we started Cognito, from day one, we just built everything on the cloud. Obviously, it was just like the way better way of doing it. And I think that we've used basically every managed service <laughs> AWS offers where possible. We got through without hiring a single DevOps person ever at Cognito. We just had developers handling all of the DevOps, which was a huge way for us to save money. As I was saying, you know, it was a very frugal and conservatively fiscally conservative company. So not having to hire DevOps and be able to just handle everything through AWS was really helpful for us. In terms of how we're integrating it all with Plaid, Plaid is a huge AWS user as well, but we have not yet kind of merged our underlying infrastructure. And that's going to be a really, really interesting problem for us to solve over the next few months, because that's kind of the phase that we're entering with the company right now. But I think that with some VPC peering and some sort of like creative magic that we can do in the back end. I think we can make it all appear as one.
0: That makes a lot of sense because it's still quite new in terms of the merger. And when you mentioned Cognito and obviously you leveraging AWS as managed services, was that from inception? When did you identify that you needed cloud to help grow or build your platform?
1: It was absolutely from inception. I think that we just wanted to minimize having to think about anything that was not just writing code and talking to customers. So for us, it was a no-brainer to offload as much of that work to a third-party provider, in this case, AWS as possible.
0: Part of this podcast is to highlight key trends that are influencing fintech today. So in your mind, Alan, where do you see or foresee identity in relation to fintech in the next five to 10 years, maybe? I think
1: identity is still very much where bank account connection and data aggregation was before Plaid, which is that If you look at life pre plaid, people were passing around and uploading bank statements and just generally needing to provide account and routing numbers and all of these things that just relied on a fundamental baseline level of trust within the ecosystem. And identity is still very much in that place where you need to pass around all of this unverified raw identity data your name, your date of birth, your address, your social security number. And then every company is needing to then go through and re verify that with different levels of certainty because they also have different levels of competence and understanding of identity technology. So I think that the way that we're headed right now and the way that I hope we'll be able to be is that KYC and verification will become instantaneous rather than the average right now where some onboarding processes can take days literally when you need to have someone manually review identity documents or various aspects of your onboarding case. So I think KYC is going to become instantaneous, and that's obviously going to help fintech very considerably, just because if you're able to get KYC to be instant, then you have more customers who are onboarding on your process, and obviously you just as a business will do a lot better. And then I think we're also going to get identity that's a lot closer to the source of truth. Right now, there are all these different providers who are verifying different aspects of your identity. and. For instance, like a credit bureau is still a core component of identity verification right now because they store a lot of the identity data that exists in the United States. But you know, government-backed identity is becoming a lot more prevalent. And the second there is a true source of truth for identity data, then you can essentially link together almost like a chain of custody of proof of this person was verified at this point, and then subsequently the same person engaged in these transactions later. And you can maintain that chain of custody so that you're able to have a really, really good idea of who that customer is. And you know, the hope here is that essentially there will be no more identity fraud because save for someone stealing your device or, or what have you, there will be no more identity fraud. And hopefully it's just a world where you can onboard instantly and and have no fraud. And that sounds kind of crazy, but the technology exists to do this. It's just a matter of organizing all of the right parties to make it so that that's a feasible world.
0: So KYC being instantaneous and then no more fraud in the next 5 to 10 years. I'll call you in 5 years.
1: <laughs> well, I should say no more no more identity fraud. There's identity going to be a lot fraud. of other kinds of fraud like friendly fraud where you're actually just using your real identity to Never pay back a loan. That type of stuff is still going to exist.
0: So Alan, we have reached the end of our conversation. I feel like it flew by so quickly. Thank you so, so much for joining. Where can people find you?
1: You can find us in two places. So you can find me personally on Twitter at Alan, spelled A-L-A-I-N. And then you can also, of course, please check out the new products on plaid.com. Check it out on the navigation, identity verification, and monitor.
0: Thank you so much. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to the show. And while you're there, please feel free to leave a review and rating. To learn more about how AWS supports startups, please visit aws.amazon.com slash startups.